All right. Hi, guys, and welcome to another, the second, second episode, episode of On Purpose. Uh, I'm Dr. John Duffy, and this is Heidi Stevens. Yeah, from the Chicago Tribune. That's right. And we are going to reflect today on a column you wrote recently about something you overheard your teenage daughter and her friends talking about. Yeah. So I wrote this column about, first, I wrote a Facebook post about it. And, oh, right. Yeah. And that sort of got a bunch of comments going that. I kept thinking about all weekend, and then I ended up turning it into a column. So what I was saying first on Facebook and then in the column is that, you know, we're often meant to expect parenting a teenager to really suck. It's yep. just supposed to be awful yeah. until they leave for college, and then we miss them. But we hated them sort of when they were under our roof. I am finding the opposite to be true. Now, my daughter's only 13, and so people are going to say, you know, oh, just wait. Oh, just wait. wait it's going to be awful. Right. Yeah. She's not really a teenager yet. I find listening to her conversations, and she tells me, you know, kind of mundane details about Ariana Grande's tattoo <laughs> misfire that was like Japanese symbols and it says small charcoal grill and it was supposed to say seven rings and, you know, it was botched. Yes. Um, and Kylie Jenner's Instagram posts and all of it. Right. Um, that I, most of us would judge our kids for and say, well, this is the breakdown of this next generation. Right. right? They're watching, they're looking at Instagram and they're talking about this inane crap. I was which reading out to, be to so Kill inane. a Mockingbird at your age. Yes, you're right, reading right. Kylie Jenner's Instagram. <laughs> oh, we're doomed. No. She, um, I listen to all of it and I find some of it a little boring and I find some of it fascinating, but I listen and she talks right. and they pay is often dividends because I find her to be so thoughtful and so funny. Um, she was telling me the other day about her friend's improv skit uh, about um, the it's not a phase mom phase. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, these kids are hilarious. That's um, awesome. Isn't that great? Yes, that's beautiful. I was driving her and a friend home from Woodfield the other day, and the friend was telling me about her history prayer project, about the Black Panthers and Fred Hampton. And did you know the FBI had the floor plans? And I was like, okay, I love these kids. They are brilliant and thoughtful and empathic. And, and engaged, engaged in a way you might not think they are, right? Yep. Right. And so here's the payoff to the celebrity stuff, um, and this is what I wrote about in the column. We're driving along, and she says to me, um, have you heard of babies? And I said, no. And she said, um, it's when parents raise their babies without a gender, so they're babies instead of babies. Like, they use gender-neutral pronouns right. and dress them in gender-neutral colors and um, then when the kid is old enough, the kid decides their gender. And I was like, oh, I've heard of that. I actually have a friend who's doing that. I didn't know it was called babies. Right. And she said, no, that's what the celebrities who are doing it call it, Adele and Kate Hudson. And I was like, oh, so here we have, you know, paying attention to celebrity culture, actually segueing into Col a, social commentary, social right? Commentary. I mean, yes. And, and something we would never have gotten a generation ago, not even close. And I wouldn't in a million years have thought to bring it up to her in that car ride driving home from right. Walgreens probably. And uh, <laughs> she said, well, we're doing a group chat. I don't think she said we're doing a group chat about it, whatever, a however a 13-year-old would word that. But she and her friends were having a group chat about babies. Yeah. And she was like, you want to hear some of them? And I was like, sure. 
They were... Always say yes to that. Always say yes to that. Just as a warning. <laughs> you never say no. You want to hear some of them. Sure, casually like Heidi did works, but yes is always the right answer. Yeah, let me pull over uh, so you can concentrate fully. So they were just lovely, Yeah, these texts. And they didn't all agree. Some of them thought it was a terrible idea. Some mm-hmm. of them thought it... Um, went counter to the faith that they practiced. Some of them just thought it was super weird. Some of them thought it was a great idea and how, you know, how powerful that would be to feel from the day you were born fully accepted for who you are, not who society wants you to be or not who your parents want you to be. Just stuff that I was like blown away by the fact that they were thinking about that stuff, the way they were talking to each other about that stuff. And um, one of the things that really uh, stuck with me was, you know, she was talking about, my daughter was talking about some of the friends who thought it would just be really confusing to a kid. Um, I said, well, I wonder if they feel like, oh, when, you know, if your friends feel like, well, when that kid gets to school and the teacher says, boys line up over there, girls line up over there, if the kid's not going to know, just little stuff like that. Where do I go? And um, my daughter said, "Um, well, you don't just do things because that's how they've always been done. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a fabulous point. Genius. In Pretty much every one of life's <laughs> topics. And, 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 and a, really a snapshot of teenagers today, too, is that idea. I, I, I don't know that everyone can articulate it like June did, but I think an awful lot of kids feel that way. Like th- there's a little bit of like, why has it always been like that? Right. You know? Right. And yeah. why are we sticking with that? Is, yeah. that? is that working for us? Right. Yeah. So is that your experience when you talk to Teenagers and yes. teenagers. Yeah. So th- that 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 joyful luxury you had of being the fly on the wall, um, mm-hmm. you know, the driver in the car. Um, I have I get to do that every day, where I'm sitting there talking to a teenager who is with me because something's gone wrong, right? Yeah. Or allegedly something's mm-hmm. gone wrong. Or they're, they're depressed. They're, they're anxious. With. They're struggling grade wise. Whatever. Um, and inevitably, we stumble upon something where. It's almost this moment of jaw-dropping brilliance. And to the credit of these kids, there's no ego affiliated with that. There isn't, isn't even a recognition like that that was a brilliant moment. Sometimes I, I right. stop and I say, wow, I never thought of that. And there's a little bit of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and we, you're like, well, you know, whatever. Get over it. But there's not like this ego kind of like, right. really? Well, thank you so much, Dr. Duffy. There's yeah. not that ever, yeah. you know? But but you do find this great hope because I really think kids today that we can easily depict as thoughtless and selfish and um, egotistical mm-hmm. because they're curating these Instagram profiles and they're smoking what we don't want them to smoke and they're not spending as much time as we'd like on homework. And, they're, and they we, can't we can, make eye contact. Right. Constantly looking at screens. They're ruining the language with their texting and right. the other, <laughs> right? These right. emojis, what do these mean, you know? Yeah. Um, but when you listen to them, really, and, and it doesn't take much mm-hmm. to get kids talking they have a lot to say. You know, the, the, your child that you think is just playing a video game over in the corner and isn't thinking a thing, 
I'm going to tell a story on friends of mine who I hope can't identify themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They have a 13-year-old boy, and he's a very quiet guy, and he's a Fortnite guy. And he, but he's usually in a public area of whatever house we're in. Okay. And I know, because I've, I engage him sometimes, he's hearing every single thing. And when I get him alone, I say, so I know you were listening last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of what we were talking about? Mm-hmm. And he blows me away every single time. Wow. So, uh, so it's not just some kids who are impressive in the way they're thinking and open-minded. It's... Every kid, you know, like, and, and all, all it takes to get them talking to know that, they know that. And yeah. I think it might be nice for them to hear it once in a while. Um, I also think it's a burden at times, you know, right. like, because um, at, what, June's 13? Mm-hmm. So imagine at 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know so much that you're thinking about gender identity, right. you know, whereas a generation ago, well... That wasn't on my mind. You know, no. I can say that unequivocally, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there I could name 30 other things. You know, kids are aware of mental illness. I didn't know what anxiety was when I was a kid. I wasn't I knew what suicide was, but I wasn't never attached to it. Kids are keenly aware of it. They're yeah. helping each other, each other through suicidal moments mm-hmm. at June's age, you yeah. know, very young ages online, you know, um, and saying, oh, you should check out this account that will help you. It'll give you hope. These kids are de facto therapists for one another, and and they also have political ideas, and um, and they're willing to debate with one another in a way I think a lot of adults aren't. In yeah. this, like just like you're talking about, like some kids didn't like the idea of babies; they thought it was really confusing, and that's an okay thing to say now. And they kept talking about it. Yeah. The group chat continued. No one cut anybody off or blocked anybody or muted right. anybody or whatever all the things that adults do. It's like, you don't agree with me, you're dead to me. Right. And they didn't ha- there was not a a moment of that. Yeah. So we tend to focus on online bullying and some of the you know the, these awful things that are happening for for and with our kids. What we miss is the more important bigger picture that these are Kind, compassionate, thoughtful people, mm-hmm. and um, and it requires. If you want to know that, it requires you to kind of take fear and judgment and ego out of parenting for a moment mm-hmm. and listen. You Which know, is not easy. Hard, and yeah. and and none of us do it completely. You know what I mean? So you can't judge yourself for it because it's really difficult to do. But to the extent that you can you'll be able to hear what you heard the other day. Yeah. You know, and it's gold, right? Yeah, it really is. And I I think in some ways it's easier than we think it's going to be because actually what I have found is that when she finishes a thought or a story or an anecdote, and this is true of my son as well, and he's just nine, I don't need to have a little summary statement or really even all that deep of a reaction. I just need to say something that acknowledges I heard them. Yeah. Um, like, oh, wow, cool. Um, or, huh, fascinating. I don't need to say, well, yeah, but, and then give my take. Or, yes. well, that reminds me a little bit of, or, well, when I was a kid, we, you know, you you kind of um, are are better off, I think, in, in a lot of situations Stopping yourself from going there and oh. just stopping at like, huh, 
so cool. Yeah. Or, wow. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And then just let it go and move on. Right. Right. Our inclination, and I think we were taught this by our parents, is a lecture here. This, this is the perfect time for that. Right. We're in the car. They're protected, right? You know, I'm <laughs> going to take advantage of this time. So instead of just listening to all this great stuff, we start lending our opinions and here's why you're wrong. And um, and, and I never find lectures to be particularly helpful from, par- from parents now because yeah. kids are so discerning. And I, I've had these moments. I don't think you and I have talked about this, but I have these moments in my office where if a, this happened recently where a dad launched into a lecture and this is he looks at these sessions as I, I have my son's undivided attention. I'm going to sit forward and I'm going to look at him and I'm going to tell him what it was like to be a teenager and I will lecture him. Wow. And, um, and you're there to bear witness. I'm there to be, right, exactly. his grievances. And... So what I tend to do is I stop dad. I say, okay, great. Stop for a second. And I ask the child, okay, finish the lecture. Finish what your dad was going to say. And usually some kids will do it like literally like do an impression, mm-hmm. which is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he'll sit up and sit like his dad was right. and say, you know, your son is why you don't understand why how things work, you know. And and that is money in the bank because yeah. dad will sometimes laugh if he's open-minded enough. Um, but But you learn quickly like, oh, yeah. They've known me for 13, 14, 15 years. Yeah. I'm not going to tell them anything they don't know. You know right. what I mean? Like I can I can tell them how I feel about what's going on now, but sometimes isn't sometimes it's the wrong time, right? The yeah. time that you were spending listening was the wrong time to launch into a lecture or to say much of anything, to your point. Right. Yeah. Right. So we, I think, share a mutual affection for Michelle Eichard, right? Oh, yeah. God love her. Such a great author and educator and specializes mostly in the middle school years. She is the whisperer of middle school kids, and that is not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I love her tip about Botox brow. Do you know this? (laughs) (laughs) That when your middle school kid is talking to you, you need to fix your face like it would be if you just got Botox. So your forehead (laughs) cannot move. It can't wrinkle. It can't furrow. Right. You can't register <laughs> shock or anger or even joy, really, because she says that middle school kids and, you know, these are the early teen years, they experience just about any expression as judgment. Yep. They're being judged constantly, all day long, by their peers, by their teachers, by their coaches, by, by their themselves, siblings, by themselves, yep. by the Internet. And so they are just primed to feel judged. So whatever that forehead does, they're going to take it as judgment. Yeah. And you, your forehead <laughs> needs to say, <laughs> I'm listening. So Botox, I love it. You don't have to actually get Botox, but just practice having pretty much no facial expression and just making sure they hear that you're listening. And it's no small thing because kids pick up on the most subtle cues. Like I'm describing this broad thing where uh, a parent comes in and lectures, but Michelle is fine-tuning that and saying they'll even pick up on that little shift in the brow or yeah. even a smile that says, you know, oh, how neat that you're talking about that, you know, yeah. and, and and that takes them out of the game and makes them feel judged. And I think that's true. Middle school, if you think about it, it is 
very difficult to get through. Yep. And so, you know, the best thing to do is to be kind of a neutral lens for them to see themselves in. Like, you know, I think when when I picture that kind of Botox brow, I picture like you're available to be this mirror. Yeah. You know, but the minute you have an expression, you're you. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that reminds me of what you said earlier about how it can sometimes be better to not really say to the kid a whole, not do a whole lot of praise of like, wow, that is so insightful. Um, or I never would have gotten to that, you know, deep, thoughtful place right. when I was your age. Or, but to cause that can kind of, I think, overwhelm them and shut them down. And, and, and they may see it as, especially a lot of kids don't feel great about themselves. And if they see that as false flattery, mm. that brings them down a further notch. Like, oh, even my mom pities me or my dad pities me. You know what I mean? Mm. As opposed to feeling like really good about that. You know what I mean? Like it's a confirmation bias kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think you have to be overly cautious. I think Michelle's um, input is probably the easiest to follow, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, don't say a whole lot. And just kind of hold your face where it is yeah. and, you know, and, and then you'll get – and that open – that keeps the door open. Your yeah. kids are going to keep talking. The minute you shift that in some way, you might lose the moment. And that moment is more precious and fueling to your child than any moment you can deliver verbally. You know what I mean? Your, your nonverbal expression or lack thereof is probably way more potent than anything you could say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I want to be careful to not talk about teenagers and and middle schoolers like they're crocodiles that are gonna you know <laughs> right snap at you if you do one thing wrong. I, that is sort of the opposite of what we're trying to Absolutely. say. I think, right. but I but I think that um, if anything, we can do and say less than we're inclined yeah. to do and say, as long as we're present and available and listening, yeah. I think we don't necessarily need to translate their words into our lesson or right. finish it off with a lecture or make it about us. I think that I, I, I heard the advice a lot of different times and places to, you know, share a little anecdote about yourself with your kid. Tell your kid a time that you struggled with that. And I think you have to kind of apply that sparingly. I'd love to hear your input on that because I do, I find in my own relationships, I find it kind of annoying when I've told a story and the person has to automatically tell a story about the time that happened to them. I'm sort of kind of like, so you were just waiting for me to finish so you could tell your story. Right. I think sparingly is the key. You know, like on occasion, I think it's uh, I think it's really helpful. Kids kind of want to know your real a uh, parent's real stories. What they're afraid they're getting, I can tell you unequivocally, is some whitewashed version mm. because you're they're oh mom and dad are afraid if they tell me how they really were. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole they went down That's and they're afraid. That's permission for me to smoke pot. That's permission exactly. for me to, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but I don't find that to be the case. I usually find if parents are forthcoming, that's not explicit permission. That's permission to talk about it, mm, not okay. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about outright asking kids, um, do you want to hear a story about the time? I love it. I did something similar. Absolutely. Or I was in a similar situation. Yeah. And then I, I think, my kids anyway, <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if this is most kids. I think they would say, not really. For sure. Um, or, yeah, kind of. Yeah. No, I, I, I ex- expect your kids to be teenagers. Expect them to be milk toast about it, like not care. You yeah. know, like, yeah, that doesn't really matter to me. And if it doesn't, that's okay, too. Right. You know, that one, one thing about parenting that's probably important to point out, and I think you really kind of touched on it earlier, is you don't have to do it perfectly. Right. You know, if the if the emotional bank account has some juice in it, then, you know, if you fall into a lecture or you fall into a story about yourself and you're, you find yourself saying, this is what 14 really looks like, you can get away with some of that. We mm-hmm. don't have to. None of us are going to do this perfectly, right? And yep. none of us, none of our kids are going to do it perfectly either. But they're going to learn from every step along the way. And as long as you keep them in a safe enough lane, they're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, so so there's plenty of room and space to do what you did with June and just listen. Yeah. You know, you learn a lot more, especially for friends are involved. Man, that's gold. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. 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 I find myself um, volunteering to do Almost all the driving. Yep. That's the way, man. <laughs> you guys want to go to, I don't know, Devonport, Iowa? For lunch? <laughs> I'll drive. <laughs> that, that is the parent. I, my, George is 23 now, but when he was in high school, he'll say, like, you know, my my buddies all like kind of like they like talking to you, and I always made sure that was the case. Yeah, mostly because I would ask them out open ended questions, and then I would just drive and yep. just like kind of not say a whole lot, just like you were, and you learn so much. And then every once in a while, they want to tell you something. Yep. And what a great thing to be present and available for somebody else's kid, because I do think it takes a village to some extent, you know, like for them to come up to you and say, you know, like, here's why I'm struggling in school, you know, and then you got something. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yeah. Teenagers are pretty fantastic. They're pretty. The the bottom line is they're pretty fantastic. And, you know, and somewhere I that was my favorite column of yours. And that's saying a lot. And I got to be mentioned in it. That was so cool. I did not expect that. (laughs) I think it was teenagers can fix what's broken. Yeah. I trust this generation of people because I think they really care and they're attentive and unwittingly, they've been exposed to the world at really young ages. So mm-hmm. they've developed a point of view that we didn't develop when we were really, really young. And I don't love that for them, but I think that's going to be good for all of us. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So so if we can shift the lens by which you look at teenagers just five degrees to thinking like, eh, maybe these aren't terrible people. Maybe these are the people who are going to help us out here. Yeah. You know what I mean? These Maybe are really good people. Maybe I could learn something people. from them. Yeah. Yeah. Probably you can. Yeah. Even if it's the music that you hate, by yeah. the way. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, even if they're listening to some rap and you're like, oh my God, every single word that I hate is in this song. Yeah. Sit down, listen to it, and pause and ask like, okay, so tell me about this because I hate it. Yeah. But tell me about it because I don't get it. Yeah. And you will learn something just like your music, just like Springsteen spoke to me right. and my dad was like, yeah, he never went to a steel mill. I don't, yeah. bl- I don't buy any of this. Y- your kid's music speaks to him or her. Yeah. Talk to them about that. If you, if you can't find an in, that's a great in. They yeah. love talking about their music and they're passionate about it for a reason. Yeah. That's a great tip. Yeah. 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 Good. So. That's episode two. We've reached the end. How about that? The half hours fly by. They really do. Um, How fun. It's been so fun working with you so far. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to... 
come back for episode three. We'll be back for episode four, three five. and four. And God, well, you were saying that we might do a Star Wars thing, right? Where you know, like, <laughs> That's a, right. like we, there may be, uh, we may have to have another episode one. Yeah, that episode starts seven happens before <laughs> episode one. It's gonna be yeah. And you guys are gonna have to figure it out. It's gonna be like Lost. Like, <laughs> we will talk to you guys next week. This is Heidi Stevens, and Dr. John Duffy. See you soon.